welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Sing the whole song. Happy birthday yes, to you. Yes, you are. Patrick. Happy birthday to you. To me. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Today is my, my 18th birthday. <laughs> yes, I posted a picture on Instagram today. Nothing makes a 52-year-old man happier than getting some new Lego. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's funny you say that because it's like, it's one of those things that sometimes you go, man, am I too old to be getting Lego? But here's, here's never. the- Never. Never. Like, okay, here's the thing. Like, it brings me joy. Yeah. So why not? You know what I mean? Like, if it, if it brings well, me joy. I think part, you know, like, we're going to talk about the opposite of addiction is what today, the opposite, you know, we're, ta- we're going to talk about yeah. community. Y'all. And to me, I go, that's like a, that's like a reclaiming of innocence, right? Like, right. Right. it's this thing that you really enjoy that you really love and and it's it's something that has that gives me really fond memories from childhood right you know what i mean yeah. there are a lot of fun memories with me and my brothers and my father and, and you know and all these yeah. different things so. well and i think recovery from anything really trauma betrayal addiction all of it um there's a a big part of it that involves reparenting and reloving that inner child part of you Mm -hmm. that was hurt at some point and i think things like that play play a role you know what i mean it's like it's not that you're consciously like oh let me let me work on my inner child and do some lego but (laughs) that's sort of just like a subconscious like i am nurturing myself i'm Mm -hmm. i'm playing into that part that is innocent and you know i'm supporting it and loving it and well what's interesting yeah what's interesting this is my third birthday since discovery right so in in uh in in the recovery journey and i and it's really caused me to reflect quite a bit and so you 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 and i were talking about this a little bit last night like I'm finding that I have been able, you, know, you talk about reparenting, right? What does a parent do in, in general? For the most part, a parent loves their children unconditionally, right? And so what I'm finding is it wasn't this way maybe a year ago or at, you know, at, at my 51st birthday, but, you know, looking back on my, on this quote unquote journey that I've taken and looking in my five-year journal, because I think it goes uh, 48, 49, is that right? Yeah, 48, 49, 50, 51. And seeing those, the the comments that I made in addiction mm. and then in recovery. And, you know, I think I told you I was, I'm developing a little bit more sympathy towards the addict side of me and what I was trying to do and the anguish I was in. And then being here almost three years later and, and uh, seeing how worth it this journey is and how much you grow if you really, you know, buckle down and do the work and, and, and open up and allow hard things to happen. And you know what I mean? And things like that as, as you go through this. So it's a, it's been an interesting thing, but yeah, it's like, you, you got to celebrate, right? You have to celebrate because it's not an easy, easy path. And, and, you know, people have come around me, you know, you've come around me, come alongside me in your deepest hurt and Keegan has done the same. And, 
and you know West Point classmates have and family has and all of mm-hmm. these different things and they've come alongside of me and you know and, and celebrated and encouraged you know that that journey to kind of go go that route and so I don't know if I inadvertently caused a great segue Oh yeah, it's perfect segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what so, do all of those things mean for your recovery? They yeah, are. They are a community. community. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, it's just it, it's a really interesting thing to be able to 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 um, benchmark recovery on your birthday, and, yeah. and see where that leads to, and what it's done individually, what it's done in our relationship, and what it's done in broader relationships mm-hmm. from there. Well, there's, you know, there's recovery for you and there's recovery for me, right? And um, birthdays and holidays are benchmarks, I think, for both of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I am not somebody that's going to fake things publicly, right? And mm-hmm. so um, there was about a year and a half where while we were really going through the deepest parts of survival and stability and all this kind of stuff creating like, okay, is he going to actually get into recovery? And what does this look like? And where I was like deep, deep in the throes of depression and anxiety and figuring out my life um, where like, I didn't post any pictures of us on social media. Um, I went from praising you very effusively in all of my posts to not talking about you on social media, like all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, like these benchmarks, it's so interesting because uh, you know, we're in such a good place right now and so many things have happened. And while, and we talked about this several episodes ago, like while, while there was a lot of stuff that happened during the summer, that was really hard. 2023 in general has just been progressive growth, continued growth for us. And, um, and so, yeah, so on your birthday, you know, we have about a year and a half into recover. I started posting pictures of you again. And, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, for your birthday, I think, I think this is the third birthday and I think it's the only one I've actually publicly said happy birthday yeah, to you. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like, wait, it's not that we didn't, you know, yeah. not that I was being mean to you on your birthday before or anything like that, but it's just, you know, it's different. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm not going to like sugarcoat something publicly or, you know, I don't know. It, well, I think, I think what, what I, hopefully I've been able to do is provide um, tremendous safety for you to feel mm-hmm. more um, comfortable with posting some things and oh, posting, sure, yeah. posting is not the BN no, no, no. of, of your relationship. The other thing with that is like social media is such a, it's such a, an interesting thing. There are so many times I know people might look at me and go, Oh, she has so much confidence. Oh, she's like, um, she's posting her whole life out here. Um, and, and people can have all the thoughts and opinions that they want about that. Um, the reality is that a lot of times, if my primary source of clients didn't come from social media, there's so many times where it's like, I would be off of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's there's this idea that people that post publicly, um, I don't know how to explain it, that just like, we don't get our feelings hurt, mm-hmm. right? And the reality is there's a, there's a, I was talking to you about this, I think yesterday, there's a sense to which I feel called to talk about these difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I like that. You know what right. I mean? I um, I feel called to help people. The primary way that I have found doable for me is through social media channels. Most people uh, that come and work with me end up finding me on TikTok and resonating with my story, right? But that doesn't mean that it's easy 
to share these things publicly. Like it's a very vulnerable, like putting yourself out there and, and saying things that I know are going to cause, um, conflict in people that people are going to disagree with, right. About how we view pornography, about how we view marriage. Like Mm -hmm. I just posted some videos on TikTok about, uh, sex within Christian marriage and kind of going against some of the, what what we believe are like toxic beliefs in the church and and everything. I think we're going to do an episode on that, but, um, you know, people get real riled up about that. And anyway, my point is, because it's going on a tangent already, but my point is it's easy for people to go, oh, well, she likes being public or she likes, mm-hmm. you know, everything. And everything that I do publicly is I, I try very hard to think it through, right? Like I really, it's very intentional. And so that goes into like, when I do post and I say happy birthday or I love you or, I, you know, something, it's very sincere. Mm-hmm. It's very sincere. Yeah. And so this has been such a journey for us to, go through the pain and we didn't, we were not public through the pain. We were, we were like, we, we were not going to talk openly about our story until we knew that we had some solid footing. Right. And that we could actually, we were far enough ahead in our journey and stable enough in our journey that we could actually pull others up and start helping them. Right. Right. And so um, it's just really interesting now because we've been doing this for about a year and a half or, or a little over. Yeah. A little over, yeah, com- coming into a year and a half because it was like June. So, wow. um, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And so, like, yeah, so all these benchmarks of like time and the fact that we've started the podcast and the comments that we've gotten from the podcast. And then um, we had a photo shoot the other day that yeah. um, was really special because, it was yeah, <laughs> it was special because, um, you know, after everything happened, like yeah. we, we, we did, we kind of decided fairly mutually it was more on my end but fairly mutually yeah. it was to to go um before discovery and after discovery with our relationship and think we this is a different relationship and so i don't we don't have a lot of photos up from what i call our past relationship right mm-hmm. and so to be in a place where it goes okay no i want to have new photos and i want them to be um you know romantic and and you know we can put these up in the house and it looks right. like you know, so anyway yes happy yep. birthday Thank you. Thank you. A long, long intro to yeah. a totally different topic, but right. um, yeah, it's just the growth and the change in where we've come has been, it's just been so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. So, yeah. And we're in a good place and I like it. So yeah. I hope you're having a happy birthday. I can't believe we're recording a podcast on your birthday, but we're so, <laughs> we're so behind. Like, no, we're not. No, we're not. We out. This is still going to come out on a Wednesday. You know, I know. <laughs> we got a week. We, we, right. we batched our, uh, so many episodes and then uh he was out of town for his 30th west uh west point reunion right and then i was out of town for a conference and so now here we are uh recording again that's right on your birthday so that being said today we're talking about community so let's let's kind of introduce it with the idea that and we you've heard us mention this before but it's very I would say very accepted among professionals in the trauma and addiction communities, kind of across the board. You'll hear this statement a lot from a lot of different people that um, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It is connection or it is community. Those two Mm -hmm. ideas kind of simultaneously play into each other. So why don't we talk about yeah, and I and I would say a lot of times it's the opposite of addiction, but I am going to say for the purpose of this podcast recovery requires community, right? Cause, cause on the betrayal side as well, community is very important. And we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the statement that you'll hear a lot is the opposite of addiction is right. And so 
just kind of go into what do you think that means and why? Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, one of the other companion statements that, that goes along with that is, is we get wounded in community and we get healed in community. Right. right? So very that's rarely. Great, yeah. That's yeah. a great way to say it. Cause then it applies to both. We get healed right. in community. Right. So very rarely do we just get emotionally wounded on our own. Right. It never happens that way. It's always a relational thing. It's, it's something that, 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 that happens. You're talking about I'm living in a bubble. I don't interact with anybody and nobody right. ever hurts That's my right. feelings. Yeah. So, you know, we we develop coping mechanisms to deal with the interactions of life. Yeah. And in in healthy people, they develop healthy ways to do that. They use, you know, friendships and vulnerability and and safe, you know, you know, people in their life to do it. Unhealthy people develop addictions, um, you know, certain coping mechanisms and things like that that they have to kind of work through. But that's, you know, we all get have the potential to be wounded by community. I just want to clarify just the mm-hmm. way you said that they're unhealthy people develop coping mechanisms. I would reframe, reframe that and say, Reframing. yeah, I would say wounded people because it's not that you are an unhealthy person. It's that you're a hurt person who develops an unhealthy coping mechanism. You Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so, so, I mean, that's, just, I think that's important because we all start out in life as these mm-hmm. innocent little beings, right. That go out and, and so many of us get hurt because we've in childhood, we go, I'm going to just show up as my authentic self, right? Like that's like what kids do. And then because of, um, parent relationships or, or, um, trauma that's transferred generationally or Mm -hmm. patterns within families or woundings from friends or whatever, right. Different things that happen in life, we get hurt. And then out of that, so it's, I, I just think that's an important distinction. Yeah. And so if you think about it, you know, the most effective ways to heal people from certain things is they, they will get you into therapy, right? And, you know, you don't go into a therapy session with nobody, just yourself and reading a book, right? You're actually in there with a person. So that's mm-hmm. a, a sense of community. And they always recommend you move into some sort of group program. And so what, what group does for you is it allows you to be open and honest and vulnerable. It allows you to, and, and we're all human beings. So we do this, we compare, right? We mm-hmm. go, oh, well, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not as addicted as that person or, or wow, that person's really in good shape. I'd like to get to where that person is, right? So you, you, you develop these, these, mm-hmm. these mechanisms and, um, over time. And then the whole notion of boundaries, right? Boundaries is, is actually a community forming things. Communities have to have boundaries mm-hmm. in order for them to function correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, communities, if you think about a city, if a city had no boundaries, right? No, no lines on the street, no, uh, times when, when, or, you know, you could just commit crimes with no, no consequence, right? These are all boundaries that, that happen. And so you have to, you know, boundaries are there for people's safety and right. to keep things healthy. So that's yeah. what healthy communities do is mm-hmm. they work with each other and think of, the worst family interactions you've ever had um mm-hmm. and think and of and, and, and think of the the best ones you've had right usually they're 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 marked by a a level of of safety and comfort and then the ones that were unhealthy let's say unhealthy relationships it was a lack of boundaries mm-hmm. you know lack of of mutual understanding of of a particular issue mm-hmm. so one of the things that you mentioned with that was this idea of safety and finding that within community. And so I want to pull that specific point out because when you're talking about, again, I think this applies to everybody, but when you're talking about a betrayed partner, when you know that 70 to 80% of them experience PTSD symptoms, um, 
and, and you're looking at, you know, when I'm working with women and, and when you work with a CSAT or when you work with a trauma specialist or whoever you're working with to recover from betrayal, which is a trauma to the system, the first phase that we are always working through and that I'm helping clients through is safety. Like if you don't have a sense of safety and stability, then you can't recover. And a lot of times what we end up doing is seeking that safety from other people, right? And so there's a lot of layers to this. And one one of the things that I often say is when you are working towards recovery with a partner who has betrayed you, in the beginning, you're not 100% sure where this is going to end up, right? And so you're kind of, you you can establish safety in your environment and in your relationship with their participation, which is optimal if you're working towards recovery, mm-hmm. or you can establish safety through your own behaviors and your own boundaries. Again, optimally, those are going to be respected and participated in, and that's going to create, it's going to be easier to have a firm foundation that way. Right. Um, but you can also do that yourself. But really I think, um, when we're talking about community and we're talking about recovery and we're talking about healing, healing really, like you mentioned earlier, really does come through other people. It's very difficult to heal from painful situations or from betrayal or for tra- from trauma all by yourself. So again, t- taking your spouse out of it, regardless of whether they are, you know, in active recovery or not, having people in your life that are supportive and are going to provide a level of safety and stability for you in some way is very important because um, we can find that. Let me, let me phrase it this way. It, you can, you can have people in your life that know it, there's different versions of it. You can have people in your life that know exactly what you're going through. And that's going to be a community, like a support group that understands they've experienced the same thing and they can relate and validate. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's also, it doesn't always have to come from people that are going through the exact same thing. Right. Um, sometimes it's important to even intentionally have both because when you, there's a, there's the support groups are helpful because it's like, there really is nothing like someone who can truly say, yeah, I've gone through something similar. And I, I deeply understand the pain that you're feeling because mm-hmm. a lot of times when people haven't gone through it, they, they actually don't really quite understand what that trauma is like. They really just don't know how it changes your brain and how it changes your perspective of the world and how unsafe it makes you feel. Right. Um, and so th- there's so much validity to that. And there's um, so much purpose to groups and community and friendships and um, and everything connection outside of that, because as you go through recovery, it's going to be really important for you to connect with people that are able to empathize with you and validate what you're experiencing without understanding it. Mm-hmm. That it, yeah. that provides a lot for you to feel loved when somebody doesn't, they're like, I don't get it. I don't, I've never, I can't even imagine what you're feeling, but please tell me about it, you know, or like, I'm here to hold space for you and to support you and to love you, even though I don't know how that feels. That sounds really difficult, you know? Yeah. That sounds really hard. Tell me more about that. How can I be here for you? Right. And, but then, and the same, um, and talking about those people, having those people that can provide empathy, but then also knowing they're not in the same experience as you. And so sometimes being around people that remind you that it's okay to like keep living your life. Right. 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 And, and that kind of like get you outside of the trauma and betrayal 
spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is, I have found that is very easy to get into Mm -hmm. because it is very overwhelming. It is very scary. And so having both, I think is really important actually. Yeah. 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 And, and I can speak to my own, my own, uh, experience. So I've got, um, these groups that I run and these people that have been in, and and one of the things that we do, and I do this intentionally. So we always do a check-in at the beginning and I'm the group leader, right? So a lot of times people, I'm always the last one to check in. And this is, uh, and and I remember one of the gentlemen in the group did this to me. It was a particularly long group check-in, right? And I was kind of getting anxious about starting the video and we got to, I said, okay, guys, thanks. We're going to go ahead and start the video now. And one guy goes, Hey, hold on a second how was your week? Mm. And so he, you know, he wasn't the group leader. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, it was a safe enough environment in the group for him to reach out and say, Hey, how was your week? And that's really important because sometimes leaders and they talk about pastors and things like that get isolated, right? Mm. They can't, they can't talk about how, how difficult things they're struggling with, especially pastors. Right. So that group in and of itself, we all understand each other's story. I can share a part of my addiction that nobody's going to be shocked by. Right. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to be like, yeah, recovery. Yeah. They're going to go, oh yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I get, mm-hmm. I get your wife's mad at you. Yep, yep, got it. You know what I mean? Been there, you know, and stuff like that. So there is no, um, no surprise there. Yeah. So that's a, to your point, that's the group that that everybody knows everything about everybody, mm-hmm. right down mm-hmm. to the deepest, darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The flip side is I have my my West Point classmates, and there's a lot of them who are friends with you on Facebook and Instagram and friends with me and people I have told my story to and things like that. And these are folks that maybe didn't have the same path um, that I had with addiction and then recovery, but maybe had a similar path, maybe addiction with, with something else or pain, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And Or the, some maybe they just don't relate at all. They don't relate at all. But as I've talked to them and they've known the story is they're like, you know, in these, I'm going to actually quote them, you know, Pat, we care deeply about you. We want you to be okay. Um, Pat, we really, really love you. And you know what I mean? It really, all, they, they said, we really respect what you and your wife are doing. Like, right. Yeah. We really. We're, we're, yeah. They say really yeah. positive, encouraging things about right. the right. process. Yeah. Even if, even if they haven't, experience the same thing they go wow that must be really hard they've expressed a lot of curiosity and interest in terms of like hearing your story and hearing Mm -hmm. your perspective on it and understanding what we've been through and then they've made incredibly supportive comments about the you know what we've chosen to do speaking about it out in the open and stuff like that yeah at my 30 year reunion this past you know past weekend I, I actually mentioned this to you. It's the first time I had gone to a West Point gathering of mm-hmm. that magnitude um, being in recovery. And and I don't know, you know, we've lost 21 out of 1,050 or whatever. And I have heard, I can't verify this, but I have heard that the majority of them have been through suicide. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I noticed, and and I, you and I talked about this, is I seem to 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 receive, or I heard guys really telling other folks, Hey, I really, really love you. Mm -hmm. And so part of me was like, is that just where we are in life and what's happened to us? We've all struggled with our own demons Mm -hmm. or was I not ready to receive that before, before. And I Mm -hmm. just, and I, and it was said, but I, I was not my, my, whole being was not ready to receive it. Mm. So the healing work has allowed me to step into that community that already existed Mm -hmm. and start to gain the safety that, you know, you could argue has always been there. Right. You know, I just, because of my wounds, I was unable to 
mm. uh, receive in full. Yeah, I think that's an important point because I think, like, you know, I don't know clinically if this is accurate or not, but I think the level to which we're able to receive love would greatly parallel the level to which we're able to accept and love ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you have to, you know, the journey is trying to find a way to, to love yourself. Because we always, we, we, we always have a filter that we look at life through. And that filter is typically based on our life experiences and often our woundings. And mm-hmm. so if we're looking for proof that we're horrible people, because we're going through something horrible, we're going to find that and we're going to ignore all the positive comments but if we are looking at life now through a lens of healing and recovery and compassion and love, then you're going to be much more able to notice when people say that to you and receive it as if it's true, right? If you don't believe that you're a good enough person to be loved and somebody says, I love you, mm-hmm. that that comment is probably not going to register. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's not because you don't fundamentally to your core believe it. Right. And so it just sounds like words at that point. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and, and I've, I've brought this up before and this comes out of the conquer. This is not my saying, but it's like you truly don't heal unless you become daily aware. And so, you know, think about that. You know, my, my lens was open. My ears were open mm-hmm. during the reunion that you know, two weekends ago, and I could hear, I could receive those things. And mm-hmm. maybe I've never been able to, mm-hmm. or, you know, through, through that period. Yeah. What you said in the first example of, um, you know, someone in your group kind of going, well, oh wait, but you as the leader, like, let's make sure that you're cared for as well. Mm-hmm. That's so important. It reminded me of this thing I posted on Instagram the other day. So I just pulled it up. It said, the healer also needs healing. The planner also needs surprises. The giver also needs to receive. The thoughtful also needs to be thought of. The considerate also needs to be considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, does that hit. Yeah. It's I mean, I don't want to sit here and complain about doing what we're doing because I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. I find a lot of fulfillment in it. I love supporting my clients and sometimes doing this work because it is so deeply rooted in pain and emotion and all this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I are, you know, as great as we're doing, still moving through our own lives and still moving through our own journey. Right. And so sometimes it's like, man, that, you know, the healer still needs healing, right? right? right. The coach yeah. still needs coaching, you know? And so we are, we, we, we stay very intentional about mm-hmm. trying to, you know, seek out those resources and um, stay in our own communities because that is so important. We cannot do this alone. And I think anybody that is high in a leadership position or high in a, in a place where they're like helping other people or encouraging other people or speaking into other people in any way, whether it's a, a coach or a therapist or a pastor or anything, like if they're not, they should be, but most of them probably are engaged in some sort of community because you cannot do successful those, ones. Right. You, yeah. right. Or I mentally and emotionally healthy ones. I guess I would say that, right. Yeah. Because, um, man, it's just hard to do life alone. Yeah. You just can't, I, you know, I often think, uh, this, this came to mind and I know we've talked about this before, but you know, Jesus, the, the night he was seized, you know, he was in the garden, right. Mm-hmm. And, and he brought the disciples with him and he was going off to pray. Right. And what did he say? To his disciples. He wanted them to stay awake. He wanted them to stay awake, right? Yeah. yeah, And and they let him down, right? So community let him down, right? And so, but (laughs) but he knew um he knew what what you know what he needed Mm -hmm. in that moment and what was pro he knew what was coming. He knew what was the hardest thing that he was going to face, and Mm -hmm. he was communing with his father. 
his heavenly father, but he also needed the comfort and the, the companionship the support, yeah. of earthly men, right? Yeah. And, he, and so, and then he kept going and he kept going and then he knew he was going to be abandoned, but then, but then it all came back, right? You know, and so now he didn't, I guess, yeah, and I don't know, we'll all figure this out. Did he need to heal in community? I, I don't know. But the point is, he, you know, he needed that community. He recognized that yeah, he, he was, needed I that mean, community. fully human. And if you go back to the beginning right. of time, you know, as Christians, we believe what the Bible says and mm-hmm. how it's written is that, like, literally from the beginning, man was not made to be alone. Right. Man in the universal terminology of humankind, right? Like we were not created to be alone. We were created to be in community. And it's like literally from the first couple chapters of the Bible established very clearly that we are designed to be in community with each other. And, and there's, you know, we're designed to be in community with God. Like Mm -hmm. there's a specific community and connection there. And that's why I think so much of humanity, regardless of how, um, you know, regardless of what people end up believing, there is a search for purpose and meaning and spirituality because that's how we're created. Like Mm -hmm. we know on some deep eternal level that we're supposed to be in connection with the the thing that created us. Right. Right, But then also we have this deep need for connecting with other people. And so that's why groups and community and all this kind of stuff is so, so important. So I think from there, understanding the importance and the reality of just being human, right? Like we, everyone needs friends (laughs) and everyone needs, you know, people that have the same hobbies and all this kind of stuff. Um, But I would say, what, what are some things that we look for in a healthy community and, or what are some things that maybe we should kind of keep an eye out for, or that could be pitfalls within communities? So I, I would say the ability to be honest and be kind, right? You know, I think, I think that's important. People who are going to maybe call you on your BS, mm-hmm. um, but do it in a kind, loving way. You know what I mean? Sometimes people call you on your BS and maybe it's not BS or they're yelling at you and they're demeaning you and things like that. I, that's not very healthy, Mm-mm. you know, but you do need somebody to say, Hey, I think you were a little harsh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And think about sometimes in, in parental relationships, sometimes the other parent goes, I think you're a little harsh on that. Mm-hmm. And that's healthy, right? Because you always want somebody who can check you. Mm-hmm. The second thing is your willing this is what I would say, your willingness to share. If you feel more willing to share with that person or that community, that's pretty good. That's a sense that you've got a healthy mm-hmm. community there. If you're holding back and you're saying, I'm not going to share this, mm-hmm. um, that could either mean that you need to do some more healing or the community itself is is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think so a sense of safety. Yeah, sense of safety. Uh, uh, Expressing, know. I would say a sense of safety in showing up authentically as yourself, whatever that means. So like, um, and that can be hard because mm-hmm. um, I think finding finding communities or relationships where it's okay to share both the good and the bad right right because sometimes you might connect with somebody on one side of that mm-hmm. and feel weird sharing the other side of that but when you know with real vulnerabil- vulnerability and real connection and real community it's accepting each other through all of those things. Yeah. Again, whether or not you're fully relating or in the same space or whatever, like, you know, I'm in a great place. You're in a hard place. I ex- express empathy to that. Or I'm in a really hard place. You're in a really great place. And I feel safe sharing, right. you know, that I'm struggling right now. Right. Yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, and, and, we, and you learn this going through co- recovery is spaces where they're not trying to fix your problems either. 
So, you know, like one of the most safe things you can do is after somebody, let's say, shares, you go, is it okay if I give you some advice versus just talking over the person or or, or telling your story over mm-hmm. their difficult situation? You know, people do that all the time. They kind of turn it back on themselves. Well, sometimes you know. that's like their their attempt at relating. It can be. Right? Let, yeah. let me share how maybe I've experienced something very similar or how I can maybe – I'm trying to connect to the emotion that you're sharing, right? But I think what you're bringing up is like when somebody responds and goes, let me tell you my opinion and – putting that over you and saying how your response to this experience is wrong and mine was right. 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 right, That can be incredibly toxic. And that is so hard when you are open and vulnerable to somebody and saying, okay, I'm going to share this scary part of my journey right now. And it's a hurtful part that I'm going through. And then somebody goes, you know, usually not in this, these words, but the, maybe the interpretation ends up being like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hard. yeah, and that to me, like that, and you're going to experience that through recovery in different ways. You're going to share little parts of your story, and it will become very clear very quickly who you feel is safe and not. And the and the response to your story is typically what tells you that. And so it's either empathetic and supportive right. and loving and maybe curious, right? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me more. Maybe I don't understand, but I'm going to hold space for you. Right. Or let me share opinions. Let me share like their version of a solution or let me tell you how you should feel or just flat out being like, I don't understand why you feel that way. Right. All of those are going to be, Oh, okay. I'm going to put a little check mark next to that, that maybe this is not a safe person Mm -hmm. to come to when I'm feeling vulnerable and to share the hard parts with. Yeah. One of the, one of the most effective things you can ask somebody when they're sharing with you is, Hey, how do you need me to show up right now? Mm -hmm. Are you looking for solutions or you just want me to listen? Mm -hmm. And that's okay because sometimes people are looking for solutions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people just, they need to get it off their chest. I would say like maybe in like an individual, like one-to-one, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Often if you're in like a a group Mm -hmm. that is focused on a specific thing, it's going to be focused on that specific thing. So if it's like moving forward or growth or recovery or like if you're sharing in that, then you're probably looking for like the assumption would generally be made. Hey, like if we're in this together, we're all moving forward together versus um, if I'm sharing with somebody that maybe is not in addiction or trauma recovery, then their response is going to be like, okay, like, are you venting or do you want to talk this through? Right? Right. But if you're like, peer to peer in a specific support group, for example, then it may be more understood that the outcome of sharing is a specific desire. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But yeah, if it's like peer to peer, a lot of times or one-on-one it's, it's a lot of times like, okay, well, are you, you know, exactly what you said. Do you, are you, do you want to talk this through? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to just, you know, Yeah, you know, in in running these groups, you know, there are there are positive group behaviors and negative group behaviors. And so, you know, I watch for them. And, you know, when I'm leading the groups and people are checking in, you know, people offering too too many opinions or people being too graphic in their sharing, you know, and and things like that. And so there's you have to protect everybody that's going through this. Mm hmm. Um, you don't want in a group situation, you don't want pe- people to be triggered further. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You want them to kind of view it as a, as Feel a, very as a safe. safe, as a safe place to come to, right. you know what I mean? And, and, and things like that. Yep. So yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways for people to show up in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And I will say the, the deeper you get into recovery and healing, I would imagine guess that you can shape the groups that you're in and use them for healing. 
oh, yeah. more effectively, mm-hmm. you know, versus when you just come in. Like I, I often tell that story, you know, the first conquer group I went into was very safe. It was two older gentlemen mm-hmm. um, and they did a great job standing next to me. And the next one I went into was you felt really overwhelmed. I felt really overwhelmed and I almost left. Um, but I, I had, I think I had enough sense to know that that was going to be part of my development too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. You, yeah. You were like, ah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. There right. was a lot more people. There was a lot more to like yeah. kind of um, comment thing. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. So I, I wanted to get to a point where I could, I, I, and I knew that was part of the development and, you know, really what it was was, Hey, everybody's in a different stage. Yeah, people are in different, different you know, yeah. levels of maturity. People are, are having to learn people are, you know, well, and it's always a good reminder to, um, that a trigger is just a reflection of an unhealed wound. Right. Right. And so whenever we're feeling triggered, it's beneficial to stop and go, okay, what is inside of me that's responding to this right now? Mm -hmm. What part Mm -hmm. of me is responding to this? Because sometimes the response means, okay, well, maybe that person is not, maybe that situation or that group or that person um, is not, something or someone that I need to be involved in right now. Maybe that is the answer. And then sometimes the answer is, okay, that actually just showed me um, that there's something that I still need to personally work on because, um, you know, this is something that, you know, in a healthy state, maybe I should be able to handle or it shouldn't bother me. Right. And so that, that just shows me that there's more for Mm -hmm. me to, you know, take to my group or take to my counselor to, you know, um, do some emotional processing on or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I do want to mention before um, we kind of wrap up is is kind of what pitfalls we should watch out for too. And I think in the betray- on the betrayal side, one of the things that I that I do see can be a problem is the finding your identity in the victim status. Right. Um, and and this is just a broad, a very broad stereotypical statement about the internet and social media and everything that's out there. Right. And that is that there is a, a lot of people that have been hurt and they are justified in their pain a hundred percent. And through that lens and through that filter, they make broad statements like all men are cheaters and no men can recover and all, you know, and so they, they have found an identity that empowers them in the pain and sometimes when that happens, because it's so unhealthy, um, that then leads to putting other people down, right? As opposed to when you are fully committed to moving through the pain to get to a place of healing. And then you have a higher perspective that, yes, some people are in pain and some people aren't. And some people are um you know, behave badly and some people don't, and some people behave badly and they can heal and some people right. behave badly and sometimes, and then they stay bad, you know, like yeah. um, they stay in their addiction or whatever, you know? And so, um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, and just in culture in general, I think we, we over the past 10 years have come to a place where it's very difficult um, to have these conversations, right. And, and broad brushstrokes are made and, and it, it, and, 
I, I think that that is a reflection of a lot of wounding and a lot of pain and a lot of insecurity and a huge lack of safety, lack of safety in our relationships, mm -hmm. lack of safety in our culture, lack of safety just in general, right? Right, right? And so from a place of fear and wounding, we can see people lash out and um, say mean things mm -hmm. and make um, stereotypes and all these kinds of things. And so just noticing, right, if you are seeking a community and there are betrayal communities that are online, um, support groups that are online, and there are so many resources that are great and awesome and focus on healing. And there are some where you'll see if someone posts a comment and there's just a lot of negativity, get out of the, like, right? Right, right. And so, you know, you and I, we try and we're probably not perfect with this, but we try to kind of walk that line of, right? My goal is your health. Mm -hmm. So it does, I don't necessarily, I can't tell you what the answer is. I don't know if it's to stay in your relationship, yeah, yeah. but we're going to point out how, if you are staying, what does healthy look like? Mm -hmm. Right. And if, if it's toxic, reminding you that you are allowed to leave. Right. And so kind of walking that line of like, okay, holding the standard of safety and of health, that's, mm -hmm. that's where you want to move towards. And we can't necessarily, I don't know you, I don't know your relationship, right? You may be choosing to say, you may be choosing to leave. That's your choice. And that's okay. Right. But um, a lot of times people will be struggling and they'll post something online and you'll see people just absolutely like attack them yeah. in the comments. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're trying to figure out like, is this something I can work through? And just like 20 people will be like, you need to leave. There's no chance. Da, 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 you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, your situation is different. It's right. Every situation is different. Mm -hmm. There may be patterns. There may be commonalities, yeah. but you know, take every situation individually. Right. And, and yeah. always focus on health. And healing and recovery. The uh, there, there's a, a friend of mine who's you know we've been through a recovery journey together, and he actually says it best when you hear when you either or you hear someone speaking in absolutes, mm -hmm. that means that there's a lot of unresolved healing or an unresolved trauma there. Or mm -hmm. you know, so like here's a good example: I will never go to a beach with my husband again, or I will never, mm -hmm. um, we will never go to you know, or I will never allow this person to do this again, like. That's usually coming from a point of massive wounding and um, it indicates mm -hmm. something that you got to kind of figure out. And you and I have talked about this, like what are safe activities to do as a couple, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what are safe activities? And mm -hmm. it's a broad brush, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think you mentioned, you know, like all men are cheaters. Well, clearly not all men are cheaters, no, right? I'm not saying that. No, I know. I, no, yeah. I know you okay. didn't say that. You didn't say that. But what I'm saying is like, is like, if you find yourself or you find the people you're in, they make, you know, women don't heal from this. Well, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Some, if you put a woman in a situation where they're not in a safe environment, it's going to make it more difficult right. to heal. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that they won't ever heal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot of, you know, you hear people say these things and mm -hmm. it's usually a limbic reaction born out of a lot of trauma that still right. hasn't resolved. And well, I think and there was a lot of times there's, there's something called a secondary gain. And that is when we are in a place that is stuck and we don't want to move forward. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. um, and there's and a secondary gain basically means there is a benefit to staying stuck. Um, and that sounds so counterintuitive. Well, why would I want to stay in a place that is not of ultimate health? Right. And it's because you're gaining something from that place. And right. this this comment that I'm making right now, there's a secondary gain to staying in an uncomfortable place can be massively triggering to people. So that, you know, I'm not trying to trigger you, um, 
But again, a trigger is a reflection of an unhealed wound. I'm just going to throw that out there. So if you get, you know, irritated by something that said, you know, it's always important to kind of reflect why, like, is there truth in that statement or do you completely reject that? And that's okay. You know, I don't, I don't know your situation. Um, But, you know, just even from personal experience, right? Like when you are in a place where, let me, let me walk you through kind of some of the stuff that we've been through just in a real short snippet. There were phases where because we were so early on, right? Like I had to take quote unquote control of a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, again, I want to use quotes for this because it's mm, the way I'm using the terminology, but um, power, quote unquote, yeah. um, that is given to me, um, a power over situation, the dynamic of the relationship completely changed. And I basically, I'm the person that's holding you accountable. And right. And so there's, yeah. there's that, right? Now, there's a level to which that makes me feel as if I have some control. And when somebody is massively traumatized, their brain is actively, vigilantly seeking safety and control. Right. And and so when you feel like you've gotten to a place where maybe you can hold on to that control or create some sort of safety, whether or not it's real or perceived or even fake, because ultimately I couldn't control you in any way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were participating in the process. And so and it ended up being a very, as much as I think it could be a healthy situation. It was a mutuality. Yeah, a mutuality to it. To yeah. it. But, but in an unhealthy way, there could be this point at which I, I could have said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, hold on to this control just for the sake of control, right? right? That's a secondary gain. That's where I'm I'm not doing this because it's healthy. I'm doing it because in some way it makes me feel safe. But what's hard to face is when that's not actually true. It's a right. false sense of safety. And it's we have not, discussions about some of those things. Right. And yeah. so yeah. And so there was so then and that that's what I'm trying to share is the progression, right? Mm-hmm. Um because when you actually want to move into health and into recovery, it is hard. I totally get why people will stay stuck and choose a secondary game because there is a, and I'm going to say false, but there is a sense of safety there. Right, but right. there is a sense of security. Well, I know what to anticipate here. I feel, I feel right. as if I can maintain control in this situation. You can't, but you feel right. as if you can, right? And so the the super, super, super scary thing is to begin as you move into recovery, if you're moving towards reconciliation, or even if you're moving towards separation and, and gaining more of your autonomy and independence, you begin to piece by piece release that control one step at a time. Right. And then you're moving through it and letting go of these things. And so the secondary gain then has to go away. And that is painful. It is very hard. Mm-hmm. That is very hard. But the victim status too um, is something that I can, t- and I guess in a way, and we've had a lot of conversations about this, I think in, in various ways. When I'm looking at the victim status, I can personally say that is, that can be very hard to let go of mm-hmm. because just in in our particular situation, people love you, absolutely love you. Your friends love you. My friends love you. My family loves you. All this kind of stuff, right? And so there were very few people that were anti-Patrick when this came out. And there weren't a whole lot of people that were super supportive of me necessarily in in the way that I felt totally mm-hmm. seen, yeah. right? right? In, in my pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so 
it can be very easy to want to, and this is hard, man, because there are certain people that I haven't felt very supported by. And, and I catch myself because if I don't feel seen, if, if I don't feel like you have seen my pain that I've gone through the depths to which this has been a struggle for me, I'm going to have to catch myself in conversation, not having to try to convince you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the automatic defense mechanism is going to be me wanting to remind you of all the pain that I've gone through because I'm not feeling seen. So again, that's an internal thing. Mm-hmm. It's not their responsibility that's right. to understand that I have complex PTSD. Yeah. It's not, right? It's just not. And that's not where you and I are in our relationship anymore right. is, is where you're actively hurting me, right? Yeah. And so that can be a really difficult thing because with people, it's really interesting because with with friends of mine that were completely validating and like, basically like, how do you want me to feel towards Patrick? Do we like, you know, like, do we like him or I, like, not? Like, do we like him or not like him today? Right. Like, yeah. cause they were willing to go with me yeah. through the process where they were like, I'm team Kyleen. I see your pain. I, I cannot imagine what you're going through. I validate that. Those are the people that I feel totally safe being like, Patrick's doing great. Patrick's doing awesome. We're doing really well together. We've progressed. This is what I'm struggling with, but oh, but the, yeah. it's really fascinating because when people are see me and understand my pain, I'm willing to tell them all the good things. When I feel like people have never validated the pain that I've gone through, it's like, I almost feel obligated to remind them. Right. And it's like, I don't want to praise you too much in front of them Mm -hmm. because it hurts my feelings that they were always pro you, right? Like all kinds of stuff. And so that, that's an example, I think of recognizing that first of all, because I recognize that, right? Like I, I understand that I, I, I catch myself in those times and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe I shouldn't, be doing that, you know, yeah, and right. it's, it's really, um, coming back to moving, moving into actual health, knowing who your community is, because that community is going to provide safety, mm-hmm. right? I know who my people are that I can tell the good and the bad and the ugly, and they're going to be happy for me. They're going to verbally affirm me and make me feel safe. Um, they're going to be angry when I'm angry. They're going to be sad when I'm sad. They're just going to hold space for wherever I'm at. Right. And I know who those people are because they've demonstrated that. Right. right. Um, and so reminding me like, that's the community, right. And everybody else is just, I need to be okay understanding that they don't understand. And if that is still a wound for me, maybe processing that separately. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, I thought of something It's like requiring everybody in your life to the person to show up exactly the way you want to be is too hard of a thing to manage, Mm -hmm. you know, and and the whole point of seeking out community is to find those people who do that, not to force everyone to do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's too hard. You talk about control. Well, it's it's really hard when people don't demonstrate empathy when you're going through something yeah. like PTSD, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, how can you not, you well, know, it's you, just, you, it's, it's you, very painful. So I yeah, get that. And that's where right, the secondary right. gain comes in. Right. Yeah. Well, what it like, if I make victimhood, my identity, then I'm going to feel justified in like, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term, forcing it down this person's throat of like, you need to understand my pain. Right. But if I recognize, no, the healing actually needs to, that's a wound in me. Right. where I'm not right. feeling seen. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. I need yeah. to accept that. And I need to go to go lean on the community that is safe for me. You know, Dr. Glenn Patrick Doyle, you sent me this says, I believe the point of trauma recovery is to get so good, so practiced at using the skills and tools and philosophies that we can finally start thinking about things other than trauma or recovery every day. No one wants either trauma or recovery to be their identity. I don't. And so you think about Skills, tools, philosophies, right? Mm-hmm. Skills, tools, philosophies. Skills are 
you know, you know, interacting with a group tools, group groups, mm-hmm. healthy community is a tool, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you know, there's a lot of individual things you do. There's a lot of group things you do. And I think where you're coming from is for, you, you're talking about the philosophy side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your philosophy surrounding that? What are you expecting from people? What, mm-hmm. you know, what is it if you can remain in a victim mentality? If you're like, well, more people need to support my side of things. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck looking because you may be disappointed. And people may not come alongside well, you. Yeah, the there's way percent through this journey. You will be disappointed. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. People you, are going to have. People will hurt your feelings. Right, right. People will not understand that that infidelity is a trauma. Right. Um, people will not understand that you have PTSD. Now, just to clarify, not every person that goes through this does. Yeah. But about 70, 80% of women that go through betrayal end up with PTSD symptoms. And then if you have trauma that was prior to this or trauma in childhood or continued lack of safety, then you end up having complex PTSD, um, which is something that you and I, and we didn't talk a lot about this in this podcast, but maybe we will in another, we kind of come to understand that that's what I'm experiencing. And, um, and so there's a lot of pain there, right. And um, not everybody's going to understand that and um, getting to the place where it's like, okay, that's okay. But developing the community where you do feel seen, do feel validated, do feel supported. That is going to be important. Right. right? Right. And knowing who those people are. Which is a great segue to talking about the recovery use of work community. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but no, I love, I love that, um, that quote that um, I saw and then sent you that you just said that because it's so good because I read that in the last um, video that I, that I, the class that I taught in the recovery you community, because it's like, that's my goal. That is my goal in this community is to give you the tools and the resources, because the idea is that we practice them so much that we teach our body how to feel safe, that we learn boundaries, that we learn how to communicate, that we learn how to navigate our painful triggers, that we learn how to support ourselves and reach out into a safe community that is growth minded, a safe community that is going to empathize with the pain you're going through and going to remind you that there is a a moving through, that there is Mm -hmm. healing on the other side, that there is a happy healthy life on the other side, right? And that's what I'm trying to create in the brand new recovery support community. So if you are a trade partner, this is an online community that is off of Facebook. It's very private. It's a members only community. And um, I go live teaching classes that are related to topics around betrayal, around recovery, around addiction, um, processing your emotions, things like that twice a month. Um, so I'm offering two classes twice a month. And if you join live, you can stay on and ask questions. And I save the replay. I repost it in the group. So people that are in a different time zone or a different um, different country or whatever mm-hmm. can um, rewatch that. We have a resource library that has other videos that I've done, and that will continue to build up. Um, and we're going to find ways to safely create a community in here where you can connect peer to peer. We're kind of working on developing that right now because we do, again, we really want it to be a place where it is safe, um, and it is growth minded and, um, but that you have a place to connect with people that are going through it as well. And so one of the things that is, is really cool is this is brand new. And so, you know, this first quarter, this last quarter of the year, the first quarter that this is being developed, um, everyone that joins is going to be, you know, a founding member essentially of this group. And so founding members really have what I think is a, a beautiful opportunity to help create the culture, help create the group in the way that is safe, that is um, what you want it to look like. So mm-hmm. I, I even received feedback after my um, after my first class, and it made me kind of rethink some things and um, want to add a couple different uh, ways to connect in a safe, less triggering way, and everything. And, and so, for example, if somebody is in 
you know, a deep phase of reconciliation in their relationship, uh, depending on where they are, it may be difficult for them to hear stories of discovery, right? Because they're really trying to move past that stay grounded and safe and focus on their own relationship, right? And so um, having everyone in the same um, share in the same page may not be healthy for everyone. And someone else that's focusing on reconciliation may feel super comfortable seeing those stories and actually working um, as a as an encourager for those people, right? And so they might be in that on that page and say, hey, um, I felt like that too, two years ago. And this is where I'm at right now, right? And so respecting where everybody is in terms of their triggers and, and recovery. And um, so I think we're going to create some pages where depending on what stage of healing you are, you can connect with each other and share with each other openly and encourage each other um, and and all of that. So that's going to be really cool. That's coming down. It's not quite set up exactly yet, um, but we have the classes, we have the resource library. Um, all of that is set up. And uh, it's it's really, you know, it's this idea that we're talking about here today. I guess you could kind of sum it up in that, uh, that uh, I don't know if it, what, what the word is. It? It's not a cliche. It's the, it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the uh, what is the word? Adage? Is that the word I'm looking for? It's the I'm adage. Sure. It's the statement that uh, basically you are the sum of the the people you spend the most time around. Is, is that right? And it's it's an, an adage. adage. An adage. Okay. Um, and uh it's really true. Right. And so I've always said, you know, sometimes when you are creating your community, the, those five people that you spend the most time around, sometimes those are like people that run podcasts or, you know, an author of a book that you're reading or, you know, it's, um, and so sometimes if it's not, you know, people that you're immediately surrounded with at work, for example, or whatever, um, you can create that yourself. And so the recover you support community is available. And my hope and my desire and my vision for this community is that it is a place of safety, that it is a place of encouragement, that it gives you tools and resources to continue growing. Mm -hmm. And so if you're interested in that, the link to join that community is in the show notes and um, you can get the first month free with the code um, PODVIP, P-O-D-V-I-P. And um, so that way, you know, there's no risk, right? Just join us for a month, check out the resources. If you find value in it, continue your membership and it's $25 a month um, for those two classes and um, for that community. And then, uh, you know, and, and if, if you join it and, and you don't want anything to do with it, you can always cancel anytime, but, but we hope that you'll stay and become a founding member and help us to create this, this really encouraging community. And, and I'm totally open to feedback too. Like I said, someone already offered me some and um, I'm working on kind of creating something a little bit more specific because of that. And so I, I look forward to that, right? Like I, 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 uh, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not able to anticipate everything. And so I want to hear from you and I want to see like, what is your experience in the group and what is it that you would find particularly helpful? Like I have an idea of um, at some point when we get to a specific number or, or a big enough group, having little offshoots where we do book clubs, right? Like we're all going through a specific book that's focused on, um, you know, parts or, you know, internal family systems or, you know, different cool stuff that has to do with recovery and, and we can all do it together. And so anyway, I think it'll be really cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, we've already had a couple classes in there. And so if you come in, you can watch those in the, in the class replay section. But if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on social media, but we would absolutely love to have you. If you are a betrayed partner, you are welcome in the recovery you support community. Don't forget to use the code um, PODVIP in the show notes um, for your first month free. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you there. Anything else around community, Patrick? 
No, you think that's good? I think it's good. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, if you have any questions or other um, podcast topics too, we would love to hear from you. So just reach out to me um, on social media, on Facebook or uh, Instagram at Kylene Terhune. And we're always interested. We want to make sure that these podcasts resonate with you. We're so thankful for every single listener that we have every single month. So thank you for being here and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.